Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, everybody. This is Joe Lynch. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. We have a Really interesting topic today and a really great guest, my friend Alex Pavlovic. And what we're going to talk today about is five keys to effective expediting with my friend Alex. So Alex, please introduce yourself. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Joe. And like you said, (laughs) uh, my name is Alex Pavlovic, and I am currently head of the department of expediting at the company called Vernage Corporation based in Chicago, Illinois. It's a full service 3PLM carrier company. Excellent. Excellent. So before we get into the topic, tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What'd you study at school? So it's, um, it's pretty interesting <laughs> for people that have been based in the U.S. So I grew up in the small country of Serbia in the Central Europe, and I studied mechanical engineering. We got my engineering degree over there. And never got a chance to use it because right after I graduated, I moved to the U.S. and not just any state, but state of Alaska, where I got a job in a national park, Denali National Park as a cook and worked my way up to a sous chef position. But after the season ended, I uh, had to move somewhere else, obviously, which I chose to be Chicago because there is a big community of uh, Serbs here. And that's where I uh, met a friend who suggested to me to start as a truck driver, working as a truck driver, which at the time was not of any interest to me, but I heard that you can make decent living off it. So yeah, I got my CDL at age 21, which was the minimum at the time, and started truck driving. (laughs) So you told me you drove across every state. Oh, yes. Yes. Just not Hawaii, though, because... Obviously, you can't drive up to there. <laughs> gotta use a uh, <laughs> gotta use a ship. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Alex, I'm so impressed that you got an engineering degree and then you drove a truck across all the states in the union, except Hawaii, obviously. And we were talking the other day, and you told me you speak how many languages? Five. It's about <laughs> five languages. Yes, because <laughs> the nature of the Slavic languages is that they're all pretty common. And you don't have to be very familiar with one of the languages in order to understand it. So yeah, at the conversational level, I can speak about five languages. So what are they? So obviously, well, English, but then uh, uh, Serbian, Bosnian, Croatian, Bulgarian, Macedonian, and I can do a little bit of Russian. Wow. So I'm going to list, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll, I'll list all the languages I speak. English. that's it well works for you (laughs) and depending on the day i don't do very well (laughs) so anyway you were driving a truck when did you become a broker and how did you become a broker well after three years of driving i was just burnt out and i had it enough Uh, obviously when you're a truck driver You never get to be home, even if it's on the weekends, it's just never enough time. And I was done. I was thinking about first working as a dispatcher because I knew a lot of people 
that worked for carrier companies as dispatchers. But to me, there was always an easy road. And I was looking for something more challenging, which at the time was freight broker. And so I did give it a shot. I approached this company that I'm still part of, great company, and they teach me how to do it. They gave me all the instructions, obviously a lot of things I had to do on my own. But yeah, that's how I got to be uh, where I am today. <laughs> yeah. So when did you join? When did you join Vernage? It was uh, at the end of the 2014. Okay. Now we've got mm-hmm. the basics done here. So let's talk a little bit about expediting. I always like to give the definitions, if you don't mind. So what is expediting? Well, expediting is uh, it's a branch of logistics where shipments need to be picked up and delivered in the fastest possible manner. That's how I would put it. Because the nature of those shipments is where either, well, it's the receiver that in case they don't get them on time, the whole production stops. And you know that yourself, that can be a huge issue if it happens. Yep. And I I have expedited hundreds of shipments in the past. And I just know that there's a lot that goes into it. And and I always say (laughs) the nature of it is you're going to spend a little extra money and there's going to be a lot of lot of tracking, a lot of hassle. I mean, and and you're right. It could shut down the production plant. A part could miss an airplane. You know, whatever. There's a million things that all require that fastest delivery. So let's talk a little bit about the equipment used. You know, traditional logistics over the road is transportation is 53 foot trucks or maybe an LTL. What kind of equipment do you use? What kind of assets do you use in expediting? Well, the most common assets being used in expediting are straight trucks and sprinter vans. There are some 53-foot trailers that do that, but they're just not as common as uh, straight trucks and sprinter vans on the road. The good thing about the smaller equipment is that they provide a uh, faster transit time, especially sprinter vans that are not, they don't, they're not like electronically logbook regulated. And they can get there in the fastest possible manner in comparison to a 53 trailer or even a straight truck. Yep. Let me ask a question. So you hit on ELD. When you're expediting our hours of service, do you have to follow hours of service and have ELD equipment? Yes, obviously you want to do that with a straight truck because uh, straight trucks are definitely part of it. Large straight trucks. Now, smaller box trucks and sprinters are not. But I, I want to say this. It's uh, a lot of people, they just misuse it. They abuse the, the, the rules that they don't have to follow. And then obviously a lot of accidents can happen. So you all always want to be sure that you have two drivers in a truck no matter the size, which obviously makes your job safe, but not just yours, but everybody's because you don't have one driver doing all the work. You've got two of them while the second one is resting. Yep. And that's why I always say use teams, even if a sprinter van is not DOT regulated. You don't want to have one driver driving 1,200 miles straight. Yep. So you mentioned these different assets. So I think everyone understands what a cargo van is. You know, that's what you see plumbers and contractors driving around in. And then your sprinters are those Mercedes vehicles, right? Yes. And they hold a little more, how much more than the cargo vans? They hold about a thousand pounds more they can carry and depends on the size, but ideally two more skids, regular standard size skids they can fit in yep. of space. So then, and then we get up to the straight trucks or the box trucks, I think you call them. Yes. And those come in what lengths? They start at 12 foot 
and then they uh, go all the way up to 26 feet. There are some 28 footers that are not so common, so I don't like to mention them at all because they're just not standard trucks. So yeah, from 12 feet to 26, it's soon, that's it's, the most common. Now, now, that you, <laughs> now that you said there's 28 foot straight trucks, people are going to call and ask for them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to tell them no. <laughs> okay. So okay, I appreciate you telling, talking about the equipment because I think it's important to understand the equipment. So often, to your point, some people want to use this equipment to you know, get around safe truck driving. And we obviously don't want to do that, but it is good to know that there's different options out there. So anyway, now that we've covered the basics, let's talk about the five keys to effective expediting. What is the first key? So to me, the first key is carrier vetting. And the challenge with that is in the recent years, I would say even last three, four years, we've seen a huge growth of carriers in the expediting market. And the reason for that is, I think, is the, the growth of internet and obviously the technology and probably unsatisfaction in uh, FTL market. Yeah, I would also say, I think a lot of these guys would also do some home deliveries, you know, that final mile stuff also, right? Oh, yes. Yes, obviously, with the growth of Amazon and other e-commerce shippers. Yes, yes, that's one of the reasons, too. Now, yeah, in 2014, when I started, there were definitely less carriers. And I guess because the business was still at the same volume it is today, they didn't have to be so competitive with each other. And there was more honesty and more integrity in expediting business. Nowadays, with the growth, everybody trying to grow their own carrier company, we see a lot of things happening in terms of them being competent to each other. They're just underbidding themselves just to win the business. And obviously, there are things when you're a carrier, there are things you got you to gotta think about, which are such as insurances and then equipment, paying drivers. That's just a few of them. Yeah, I was going to say also with your start underpricing business means you're going to end up also dropping loads. And, you know, if you're dropping loads and underpricing business means you're going to skimp on maintenance. There's all sorts of things you kind of start to uh, cut corners on. Yes, yes, definitely. But yeah, that's one of the problems because, yeah, with the new guys coming in that are just really good at tech, not... Yeah, they're web savvy, but not so good on the road. Yeah, web- <laughs> Right, right, right. Because you had the old guys a couple of years ago that have been in business for 20 years and they didn't, they didn't have to do anything with the technology. They had their own contacts. The brokers would call them directly, not even post loads. We didn't even have a developed load board at the time for expediting. So there was one, but it was still in in work. And yeah, so that's one of the the reasons why nowadays we got to really think about carrier vetting and who we choose to haul our freight in general. Right. So you can find a lot more. You just don't trust every single one you find. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. They, They would do anything just to get the load, even if they cannot fulfill the promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I've seen a lot of expediting companies, and I love when you see the nice new equipment or at least reasonably well maintained equipment. But boy, I've seen in my neighborhood people delivering stuff. It looks like they're junk trucks. And I was like, oh, it must be one of those Amazon guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is, what is the second key to effective expediting? So, the second key is communication. And 
communication is pretty broad term when we think about it. And uh, I think it's underestimated nowadays. Because when you say communication, everybody thinks, well, everybody has a cell phone nowadays. But it's not that. It's more paying attention to details, in my opinion. For example, it's more how willing the carrier or broker is willing, how willing are they to, to go an extra mile when it comes to being communicative. And that is one of the examples. I see this a lot happening with other companies. They just don't want to, they don't want to communicate with the driver directly. They would do anything just to skip that step. Right. And I I understand the safety aspect, but I always think, yeah, when you pull over, if you pull over, if you have to get gas or whatever you have to do, give me a call. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because I got to think about it too. When I was a driver, I never... Not never, but I was really anxious to take calls from brokers because number one, it was the, you know, I, I, all my job was to just pick up and deliver on time. And I thought that they, they should communicate through dispatcher, but there were a few brokers that were pretty smart about it, where they would, instead of just calling me out of blue, they would text me. And, you know, they would introduce themselves. They would say they're in charge of the load and they would just be like, please let me know if you can, what is your location or call me when you can. And then for those brokers, I always did because we have to put ourselves in the mind of the driver. Driver gets a lot of calls from dispatchers, from their safety department, from accounting, if they're an owner operator. And it's just about that human approach that a lot of people miss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if uh, I could add, I, I, I always use the term communication is the game changer in logistics. It's the difference between winning and losing. You know, it's that yes. it's that extra email, the extra text, the extra phone call. Just and I always say used to say when I worked day to day in logistics is, you know, you make the phone call, say, Alex, your shipment's going to be there on time. If there's any problems, I'll call you back. And just that peace of mind, because you you might be in the production plant saying, God, I think we could close this down. And I always used to say also, if maybe if the phone calls, Alex, I think we're going to be about an hour later than planned. Is that okay? And you say, okay, then I might follow up with an email. Hey, just to confirm, Alex, we're an hour late. And I would do that a little bit, you know, a little CYA. But I always think that's the key, because next week when I'm looking at that shipment, you want to talk about it. We got some data on it. I think it's yeah. it's the little things. Yes. And also a big one is uh, in terms of a communication, over-promising on the delivering. So an example of it is a dryer picks up a load and you know his transit time is about to be a six hours or so to a destination. What people don't think about is buying drivers time. I'm not saying all the people that are in expediting business, but a lot of them just don't think about it because obviously he's going to run into some traffic and he might even, whatever it is, had to stop at the way station, get inspection. So they don't put that into consideration when they give transit time. So the receiver is usually expecting the ETA is always based on whatever you tell them. And just think about it. If your receiver, your production has stopped, you were giving an ETA of six hours and the driver is not there within the six hours. You start making calls. You start bothering people. You start getting anxious. And then there's a whole problem. Instead of having the, the broker tell, give an ETA of eight hours, and then if the driver shows up early, he is considered a hero. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so that's, that's just a small trick that, not trick, but advice. It's managing um, expectations. It, it is. It is. I mean, you've got six hours and then the driver, even if the driver is five minutes late, if he comes there at 6.05, they'll see him as a loser. Right. <laughs> and they'll see, see it as a, as a service failure versus giving them an ETA of safe eight hours and the driver comes in in six. He is the hero. You're the hero. You win the business again. Yep. So it's just small things, really. Yep, yep. I'm a big believer that communication is key. And so often the younger, <laughs> I shouldn't say it this way, but because it's not consistent across the board, but younger people grew up texting. And I used to always say, I'm all for text messages, but you know, there's a big difference when I can't hear your voice. So if I say, Alex, is it okay that I'm a little late? And you go, yeah, that's fine. Versus, yeah, that's fine, Joe. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> tell in the text. So Yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> we'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. Alex, what is the third key to effective expediting? So I would put knowledge of assets, expediting equipment as a third key. And that is, we get a lot of, a lot of newcomers to an industry that just haven't been either trained or haven't had a chance to feel the equipment. And that is, so this is, this is just one of the examples. Me as a truck driver, I had a chance to, you know, feel it from the first person perspective. But if you're someone new to the industry, even if, if you get a, a good training of about the sizes of equipment, what are the advantages and disadvantages of each, you still don't have that first-person perspective. And I think that is why when you're choosing an expediter, it's important to use someone who has an ownership of some assets or had a history of dealing with them directly, not just brokering the freight out. Right. So you've driven some of those trucks. You guys have at Vernage, you guys have some yes. of those assets, right? And, and, even, yes. and even if you're not using your own assets, because that's not necessarily important, at least you can say... I understand what a sprinter van is. I've driven one. I've, you know, looked it over. I've seen it loaded and unloaded. Knowing about lift gates, knowing about all these things is key because most, I shouldn't say most brokers, many brokers specialize in 53 foot trucks. And then when they're asked to expedite, they might not be aware of all these, these things. So I know what you mean. You want to understand the assets. Yes. Yes. You want to, you will always want to work with someone who had a history of dealing with assets directly. And it's either, I mean, being an expediter and being a part of expediting business, I would, I always suggest that whoever's either in a transition of the company they're about to work with, they should definitely shoot for a real expediter that has a niche of using straight trucks and sprinter vans. Because you've got a lot of companies that are just stating they're an expediter, but then the truth is they, they're just jack of all trades. That, well, that, I know what you mean. So when you're talking about that, I think that you jump to specialization. And I think it's really important because 
In expediting, being that specialist means I do have all the relationships with all the different expediting companies, but I also, I understand, you know, the the ins and outs of the business. If I only do an expedite once a month or once, you know, every few months, I might not have those care relationships. I might not stay up to date on you know, what's working and what's not working in the market. And and, I, and you touched on these assets earlier. I always like working with expediters who say, you know, I can get that in two cargo vans or one sprinter. So if I can find a sprinter, it's going to cost this much. And compared to two cargo oh, vans, yeah. that kind of knowledge and ability is priceless in those situations. Yeah, with the specialization is, you know, your equipment. And you've seen it firsthand. So even if you're brokering the freight out, you'll know that your quality of service to your customers wouldn't change. Yep. And yeah, so that's what having an asset provides you. It's just to always have the carrier mind. Yep. That's how I like to put it. So what is the fourth key to effective expediting? So the fourth key to me to effective expediting is having personal values. And by that, I mean, we all, so after four years of doing a business as an expediter, I got to a point where I realized, okay, we're providing a great, great service. That's what our customers say, at least, but there has to be something more there. It has to have some depth to it. So developing values is more about how the people are going to perceive you besides an exceptional customer service. And to us, that is to always do the right thing for the customer. Always, no matter what the, what the request is, we are the ones to say we can do it or we cannot. We don't want to do something that is not manageable by us. Maybe someone else can do it, but I see a lot of people being competitive nowadays in the trucking industry. They would just They're taking all the freight just to make the profit without even thinking if they can make it happen. So I think having a personal set of values is very important. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, so often when you're talking about expediting, there's just there's a trust required. You got to have integrity and transparency and openness makes life so much easier in this business. If you say, you know, Joe, I'll be honest, I can't find the right carrier and and rather use a carrier I don't trust or don't know, I'm going to have to turn this business down for now. I'll keep looking. I'd rather that than than you go. Yeah, I found some, you know. But some somebody who might be a little dicey and I'll say yes. And then Joe thinks the problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Well, we see that a lot w- between among the carriers today, but even uh, uh, freight brokers too, because we're kind of hitting the recession point right now. And all the companies want to do is make the profit, not even thinking about if they can sustain the customer service. So just by setting your own values and presenting those to a customer can build and strengthen up the relationship between the two. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. So yeah, that brings us to the fifth, the last one. What is the fifth key to effective expediting? So the fifth key to effective expediting are relationships, and they are even more important in expediting than in the regular truck, full truckload business. And that is because you have to have that relationships with your expediter where you can completely rely on them like just like on your friend or spouse oh yeah if i could add something to that is there's something called speed of trust and i feel like 
you know, when you have somebody you're working with on a regular basis and you say, I know Alex really well, so I know what he wants. I can't reach him right now, but I know what he would want in this situation. That's just having that makes life easier. And I think, you know, if you ideally over time, you're, you're getting the right pricing too, but that relationship is worth something. It is. It is. And the whole point is just like you said, always knowing the experts always know the customer needs, even if they don't, because in exponent industry is all about saving time. So you don't want to be a customer always calling the, the expediter, explaining the same things over and over again. Oh, yeah. You want them to know <laughs> when you call, pick up on it right away. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, just say, yeah, we can do it. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said and, and, we, and maybe it's undervalued in our industry with account familiarity, because when you as the, the expediter, you know, working with somebody on a regular basis and then maybe using the same carrier and the same driver. And so you say, yep, you know, don't worry, Joe, I'm using my regular carrier that who's done this expedite for you 10 times this year. And it's Bob, the driver who's done it nine times. Boy, that makes it a lot easier because now I know that he knows where I'm located he knows I need a lift gate. He knows everything that he needs to know about it. And being professional as a, an expediter and a communicator is great, but that account familiarity matters a lot to me. It does. It does. And you were right. Uh, using the same drivers, using the same equipment for the repetitive business and shipments is crucial. The account familiarity, definitely. And then also having uh, that trust that obviously takes time, sometimes takes years. But when you get to that point, you don't want to just ruin that relationship by just switching to someone else just right. for the sake of it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, sometimes things change, but you, and you have to get somebody new, but ideally you get to stick with the same people. So Alex, th- this has been great. What I'd like to do is I'll summarize and then maybe you can give us some final thoughts on the topic. So The five keys you talked about here, I think are great ones. One, you said carrier vetting. And what you said is the world's changed. There's a lot of, everybody can be found online now. And there's a lot of new entries who are very web savvy, but not necessarily road savvy. (laughs) And then you talked about (laughs) the importance of communication. I, I love that one. And then you said knowledge of assets and kind of a strange one. But I like it because I want to work with an expert who says, I get, I understand the assets. I understand, you know, the difference between a a sprinter and a cargo van and a box truck. And I can tell you which one you need today. And I think that gets to a little bit with specializing, right? You, You want to be able to say, I work with a specialist. The fourth one you talked about was personal values, having integrity, doing things right, being open and honest, having that transparency that we all want. And then last but not least is relationships. So do you have any yes. do you, so do you have any final comments put a little bow on this topic? Uh yes. Well, for all those who are looking to into finding a new expediter, my advice would be to focus on taking their time with uh with choosing the right one because there's just a big pool of expediters nowadays and what we want to focus on is building a relationship. It's not just someone we're looking to get the job done for us. So what we need to do is once we find a good expediter that suits our needs, I would suggest to every single shipper to focus more on building a personal relationship between the two because it'll expand the customer service that comes from an expediter. 
Yep, I totally agree. You got to take the time to find the they're technically competent and make sure there's cultural fit. Make sure that you're investing in that relationship. I totally agree with that. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you and Vernage. So we, like I said, we are a full service 3PLM carrier company, but I am a head of uh, an expediting department. And when I started there, I realized that being an expert at all fields just makes you no expert. And that's how the com- the whole company is. We have, we're split into departments that we have an expediting department, then FTL, then uh, flatbeds. And it's not that when we approach new customers or we have our customers call us that we say, yes, we can do it all. So instead, we just switch them over to whatever department it'll suit their needs and then we'll take it from there. I've been, like I said, ahead of expediting department for the last three years and I have really no will to change it because expediting is, is all I do and is or I'll ever do. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great to work with a company that has uh, both assets and a brokerage. And I love the idea of specialization. I mean, it's, it's, yes. it's, it's uh, to your point, when you say you're an expert in everything or that you can serve everybody, chances are you serve nobody. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And just having uh, trained people to do whatever the customer wants in terms of, you know, either flatbeds, uh, straight trucks, expediting business, trade show. It's just, I think, wrong way to go about all this. Yep. You should train them to be really good at a specific niche of an industry and then take it from there. Yep, absolutely. Alex, thank you so much for sharing what you know about expediting, which is quite a bit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and thank all of you for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate your continued support. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, it was my pleasure. And thanks again. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 